hello and welcome to Please Don't Kick Me Out, a podcast about imposter syndrome. My name is Bianca Woolwick and I'm the host. I interview my friends and people that inspire me to figure out if they have the key to life and they feel successful or feel like they don't fit in like I do. Anyway, thank you for listening and I hope you enjoy the episode. This week's episode features Thamina Stoll, an awesome person who hosts Fem Hive podcast. Um, she's doing a lot for bringing inclusion into the workforce for women. I'm really excited to share it, so I hope you enjoy it. Hey, how's it going? Hey, Bianca, doing well. How are you doing today? I am doing amazing. I'm so excited to talk to you and to my listeners. This is Please Don't Kick Me Out, a podcast about imposter syndrome. And the amazing voice you're hearing on the other end is the lovely, the talented Tamina Stoll. Tamina, would you like to give your elevator pitch, who you are, what you do, etc.? Of course. First of all, thank you so much for having me, Bianca. I'm really looking forward to this conversation with you today. And yeah, for my elevator pitch. Um, so I consider myself a go-getter, big dreamer, digital native and feminist. Um, in my nine to five job, I'm a account director at LinkedIn, where I help businesses, including Fortune 500 companies, achieve their marketing objectives on the LinkedIn platform. And then from 5 p.m. until until you know midnight i'm working on my podcast called fem hive adulting 101 for bad as women and as a gender equality activist i'm really on a mission to empower young ambitious women around the world to become more confident about successfully navigating adulthood in order to lead a more fulfilling and purpose driven life Yes, yes, yes. Snaps queen. I love it. So you and I met because we use this platform called Matchmaker, which does connect podcast to podcast. I actually interviewed for your podcast. I took a brief hiatus from from interviewing, but I'm so excited to have you on here. And when this episode releases, um, it'll be the same week that my episode with you releases. So um, I'm excited to, you know, have your listeners hear my podcast, my story, and my listeners hear your podcast and your story. So this is exciting for me because I, I also feel like I'm very much an equality activist for equality for all. And I think everyone deserves a seat at a table and being a woman myself and and navigating a career and having dealt with a lot of gender issues and glass ceiling situations. I love what you're doing. And I think you have a really great message for the 20 somethings who get out into a career and have no idea what to expect. Oh, thank you so much for your kind words. Really appreciate that. Yeah, I do think that, you know, this this transition period from college to the young professional world, you know, your early to mid 20s is something that gets frequently overlooked. Um, it can be really challenging. I was actually suffering from post-graduation depression. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, it, it's been it's been a couple of interesting years, but uh, I actually started to realize that a lot of my girlfriends for, were feeling the exact same. Um, um, and that, you know, collective collective compassion really helped me through this. And is also the main motivation why I started FemHive in the first place. Yeah, that's awesome. I'm really, I'm really glad. And that's kind of the reason why I started this podcast was I felt like this was a very common thing that my friends would talk to me about, the feeling of imposter syndrome, the feeling of being found out to be a fraud. And when I have more of these conversations, it makes me realize that maybe none of us really have it figured out or 
you know, we're just kind of all playing along as we go and making sure that like, you know, no, 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 no decision is the right decision. Um, but it's, it's normal to feel the way we're feeling. It just, it needs to be more normal to be able to discuss it and, and be able to have power in accepting that that's just kind of what happens. Um, cause I definitely had postgraduate depression for sure. Um, I remember getting out of college feeling wildly unprepared. I remember, um, my resume, uh, the first interview I ever had was at a public relations firm for a, uh, an internship. And I remember that they'd written notes on my resume and like, it was almost like rude notes. And I remember seeing it and it made me feel deeply ashamed. And like, you know, you go to college to, to, to get whatever career you're, you're doing. And a lot of people have a different path. They don't necessarily do what they went to college for and that's okay. And not everyone has a college degree and that's also okay. But I remember just feeling like, oh shoot, I have no idea like what I'm doing clearly because like they'd written like all these notes and like, I don't know. So, so I just kind of remember thinking like, man, I'm not even prepared to do what I went to school for. Oh, uh, <laughs> this is so relatable, Bianca. I second everything that you're just saying. Um, you know, the more people I talk to, the more I realize that nobody has really figured it mm -hmm. out, right? And especially for that transition period after college, you know, there's so many things that all of a sudden life throws at you that we didn't learn in high school. We didn't learn in college. Like you were saying just now, how do we prepare a resume? How do we prepare for the job application process in general? How do we navigate a salary negotiation conversation? How do we manage our money? How do we find community in a new city? Because frequently we moved to a different place than we were living before uh, during mm -hmm. college, right? How, how do we um, build our professional brand? How do we take care of our mental health? How do we figure out what's next? How do we find mentors? Like all of these questions. Mm -hmm. And that can really result in, in you feeling stuck, anxious, overwhelmed, lost, all of these emotions. At least that's how I and my peers were feeling for a very long time. And still, you know, I'm 26 now and I'm still feeling this uh, today. Uh, it's getting better over over the years, but um, it's it's tricky because, you know, at that point, we had all spent the vast majority of our lives in school, right? When you graduate as like a 21, 22 year old young woman, you would spend like what, 15 to 16 years of your life in, in school. And kind of like the beauty of school was that you have all of these predefined milestones set for yourself. You know exactly that, you know, after first grade comes second grade, after elementary school comes middle school, after middle school, high school. And if you're so fortunate to be able to attend college and after college you go to grad school and unless you, uh, or to college, and unless you go straight to grad school afterwards, um, college graduation is kind of like the end of, of that period in your life where everything was kind of figured out for you. And then you have to start making these milestones for yourself but you, nobody teaches you how to do that so all of us have to figure out okay what's next now and that can be so daunting yeah absolutely and I think you're touching on you know the first question that I always ask my guests which is the feeling of having it all figured out um and you know as you're talking about achieving these milestones like it makes a, a ton of sense and and I and I relate 100% because I, th I think that's everyone in life because that's just the way evolution has happened where 
we've given ourselves these societal constructs that we have to achieve, but really at the end of the day, I mean, it, 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 the world's not going to end if you don't do that, but you're, you'd basically, if you can do the basic things that can keep you clothed, a roof over your head, fed, you know, cared for and in good health, like to me, that feels like you've got it figured out. So do you feel like you have it all figured out? <laughs> Hell no. Um, again, I, I don't think anyone has really figured it out. Um, for me right now, especially during this crazy year, it's uh, more like, a, let's take it day by day, week by week, month, of mo month by month situation. Um, but I do believe that um, we all do grow with our challenges and that past experiences will inform us to make even more educated decisions in the present and the future. Um, and I also think that, you know, whenever you celebrate success or have celebrated success in the past, that really allows you to then believe in your own abilities and kind of trust the process. And um, I think it's also really important to, you know, proactively seek out relationships and opportunities because you never know uh, one opportunity might lead to another and in that moment you oftentimes have no idea how transformational um, or life-changing that opportunity when will end up being same with the people that you met you know mm -hmm. one moment you meet someone and you don't think about it for for a while um, or and then next moment they could be your best friend, mentor, even partner a few months down the road, right? Um, and, and that's why I would always recommend to anyone to really be open-minded and to embrace all of the opportunities for growth that life oftentimes randomly throws at you. Yes, absolutely. I, I think that's great, great advice because um, I'm, I'm a, I would say I'm a very open person. I'm very open to opportunities. Um, and, and you, I, I think you kind of have to be, and I don't know if it's a, it's a, it's a feminine thing or a female thing in terms of, um, women have had to always band together to kind of get what they, where they need to go. And so, um, you know, I've had a lot of great women mentors in my life. I've had a lot of great, uh, I haven't had a lot of great male mentors in my life in terms of in my career. I've had more negative experiences with men than positive. And, and, I, and I don't mean to sound negative in that sense, but I mean, honestly, I've had a lot of terrible bosses, but some of the best bosses I've ever had have been females. And um, I'm still, I still keep in touch today with one of my best bosses. Her name was Sarah. She's amazing. Shout out to Sarah. Um, but, but you have to seek out these opportunities for yourself and you can't just shut the door. And I think, you know, the saying you'll attract more flies with honey versus vinegar is very true that if you're an open person, open to opportunities, then you're really going to feel your, your life is going to be a little bit easier for you because you're able to see the good in people and the good in opportunities and the good in the chances that you take. Um, and right now I would say, uh, I, I, I think, I feel like I'm at a point where I'm figuring it out because, um, I was able to take a huge pause this year. 
Um, and it hit me the other day what I really want to do um, eventually one day down the road. There is an organization I do want to work for. There are things that I do want to work with. Um, but right now I'm, I'm getting a lot of fulfillment out of volunteering. Um, I volunteer and I directly impact sailors, Marines and their families. And that feels really good right now. So I'm enjoying this podcast. <clears throat> I'm enjoying the time I've had to craft and work on therapy and my mental health and that time I got with my husband. So I, I don't see 2020 as a very negative experience and I don't and I don't see my career abruptly ending the way it did as as a negative. I see it as a fork in the road. Wow, I, I'm so, so happy to hear that, Bianca, because I, I feel very similar to me. You know, the first half of the year was a little bit rough, but then when I took a step back to really reflect on all the amazing things and people that I already had in my life, instead of being too obsessed with, you know, things that were going wrong, but were completely outside of my control, right? That's when it really hit me how inherently privileged I actually already am and that I should be more grateful for that. And instead of focusing too much on the things that are outside of my control, I should really focus on the things that are inside of my control, right? And that's yeah. one of the main reasons why I, I started my podcast mm -hmm. as, as well. And um, yeah, going back to what you're saying um, initially, female mentors so 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 important i felt like that i was really set up for success um because i also had some really really great female mentors and still have in in my life but particularly my first my first boss out of college um her name is carol shout out to carol uh, she <laughs> yeah, was carol. yeah she I, i hope she listens to this episode uh, um but i will definitely like guide her to to it um because she was just the most compassionate Aww. compassionate manager especially again going back to that weird transition period where I was so confused and felt kind of lost didn't really know what was happening next she she really understood how how challenging uh, you know life as a 22 23 year old can, can be um so yeah definitely definitely echo your feelings there <laughs> yeah absolutely so I think the segues into to, uh, imposter syndrome especially as as you know we're, we're navigating as young adults career and life and finances and family and relationships and all of that um the feeling of imposter syndrome definitely can kind of creep in so do you feel like you fit in or suffer from imposter syndrome and in what ways and what does imposter syndrome mean to you mm -hmm. yeah very good question bianca um so luckily I don't suffer from imposter syndrome on a daily basis in every aspect of my life because that would be really, really horrible. Um, however, there are certainly situations in which I have felt like an imposter. Um, so for example, when I joined LinkedIn in October of 2018, I immediately joined um, Women at LinkedIn, which is one of our employee resource groups, because um, like I said earlier, I'm very passionate about gender equality advocacy. Um, and about six months later, the office lead at the time was asking me to become her co-lead for the upcoming fiscal year. And she had chosen me over other committee members that were first more senior in the company than me. And second, they had also served longer on the committee than myself. And 
like I mentioned a few moments ago, I am all about embracing opportunities for growth, right? So I, I accepted the, the offer because I knew I, I was going to learn so much. However, I felt really, really uncomfortable in front of the other committee members and was actually like, you know, kind of like fearing the day that my colleague would tell them that she had chosen me over them. And, you know, luckily I got past that. However, you know, when it actually came down to starting the role of, of that colleague for women at LinkedIn, um, I felt like I was leading without true authority. I was able to scale the organization, but, you know, most of the new joiners were yet again more senior than me. So I had trouble feeling comfortable leading a group of older, more experienced women. And, you know, oftentimes I was sitting at the top of a table, like 15 to 20 um, (laughs) pairs of eyes, like, just like looking at me. And, I was like, oh my God, what am I doing? And really the only thing that kept me going, Bianca, was my sincere passion for the cause as well as my ability to execute. And luckily, and this goes back to what we're talking about uh, just now, luckily I'd also found an incredible mentor in my co-lead Banu who helped me navigate my imposter syndrome. And now, you know, (laughs) looking back, it, it truly was an incredible learning experience in so many different ways. I had built my personal brand in the company. I expanded my network and got exposure to a lot more senior leaders in the organization. I gained invaluable leadership skills, but that was really only possible by me becoming comfortable with the uncomfortable. Yeah, that that is uh, really awesome that, you know, you had that, like, that's a great example, especially. Um, And I think like, there is kind of this... um, I don't, I don't think it's meant, but there's a, there's a huge divide generationally. Um, and it happens professionally where, um, we sometimes see those who just got out of college and started their career as just like, I'm guilty of it. I'll say that right now. I've had employees your age, (laughs) which I'm not much older than you. I'm 31, but (laughs) I had an employee that was, that was actually 24 or 25. And, and I, and, and it's, there was just some times where I was like, I just want you to understand what I'm saying. Like, you're, we're not on the same page. We're not simpatico. Um, but I've also been that 24, 25 year old in the room and given, you know, now you're the account manager of all these accounts and you are the lead on this client and, and the, you know, cause I worked in marketing. So there's just been different things that I've, I've definitely felt like you, how you felt. And, um, I was very fortunate to have um, some of the mentors that I did at the time. And, and I've done a lot of really cool things in marketing that I, that I'm proud of, but overall it just generally sucked. Um, (laughs) But I've definitely felt that before where it's like, you feel like you are the shiniest new addition to something and that all eyes are on you. And you're like, they're going to, they're judging me two times as hard. If this was someone that was older, if this was someone that had 10 more years of experience, then, mm-hmm. then what, but then also it makes you doubt your own experience too. Like if, if you might've had those skills or maybe you were more qualified than those people and, and you don't know that, but you, you the imposter syndrome creeps in and you start this hamster wheel of anxiety, like telling yourself that like these people think this way and like, they're going to find out that I'm not qualified. And, 
blah, blah, blah. When the whole time you probably are, were way more than qualified to be there. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. I mean, I think that's exactly what happened there. And, you know, like I said, it took me a while, but then once, you know, we had uh, executed the first event, which was a, um, professional development workshop for female LinkedIn employees and that went really really well the feedback was phenomenal so that was really you know kind of a moment where I was able to just take a breather and be like okay Tamina you got this you did a great job you know this 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 was your opportunity to prove yourself and and you didn't mess it up <laughs> yeah yeah that's awesome um in terms of success um, what does success look like to you and do you feel successful? <laughs> um, well, again, 2020 was such a reality check for me that I have to definitely say, yes, I do feel successful, Bianca. Um, again, so many things I have to be grateful for. I received a stellar education you know i graduated from, from from duke university which is you know arguably one of the best schools in 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 the country and even in the world so um super super privileged there i have amazing friends and family colleagues people in my life who are just very supportive of of my um huge ambitions um but generally speaking success to me means leading a fulfilling and purpose-driven life and that's why that's also become you know my my value proposition for femhive um i think you know at age 26 i'm definitely still in search of my life's purpose and i'm also sure that your purpose can change over time but again for now i'm pretty content with everything that happened this this past year especially after having founded femhive you know it's a side hustle for now but it has already added so much more meaning and purpose mm -hmm. to my life because i feel like i'm really addressing a pain point that a lot of women my age have but one that also gets frequently overlooked like i was mentioning before um so yeah, it's life. Life is good right now. I do feel successful. Obviously, there's still so many, so many goals that I have um, set for myself um, in regards to pretty much every single aspect of my life, both personally and professionally. Um, but for now, you know, it's difficult to kind of plan. So again, taking it day by day, week by week, month by month, and hopefully, all of that will add up and turn into something beautiful. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I love what you're saying about success and how this is get this year has given you new perspective. Definitely similar to me, um, because at the beginning of the pandemic, like right before when it, the rumblings of what was going on and and all of that were happening, I had actually expressed my value and my worth to my boss, and I had said I need to be paid more. This is all of the things I'm doing. This is why I'm deservant of this raise. And he came back and said, "We we I could give you more money, but it wouldn't change what's." what's really going on here, you know, you wouldn't make you happy. And, um, you know, plus the, plus the pandemic, plus um, the microaggression of him discriminating me uh, for being a Navy spouse, which I now look back on and I go, well, that wasn't cool. Um, anyway, that's fine, it's, it's all good. But, but I also like, I had interviewed for a job just as the shutdown was happening and they put the job on hold and they didn't bat an eye at my salary compensation. And I had this revelation around July of this year 
where I looked back and I saw that I saw I took a photo of myself um, in their office mirror and I had like my Louis Vuitton purse that like my husband had gotten me that I didn't feel like I deserved at all um, because I it had rainbow on it and he you know I really I really liked it and so he bought it for me and I was like this is too expensive and it just it just didn't feel like me but I brought it to the interview to kind of be like hey like and then I was wearing you know my friend's dash of pep she's um, clothing designer was wearing, you know, I, I just, I looked very professional, very sleek, but I don't, I didn't even recognize myself in this photo because I felt like I'd gone through so much change between March and July and now July to November that I realized that money is really not what's going to make me happy. And I was kind of quantifying that if I was going to make more then I would feel better, but really I was, I was chasing this crazy dream because money does not equal value. Um, and so in, in having these conversations and doing this podcast as my portfolio of 2020, and it might go into 2021, it might continue forever. I don't know how long this is going to go. Um, I've gotten more cathartic conversations. I felt more seen and more heard. I've ad advocated for mental health. And now I go to therapy every week. Shout out to Justina. She's awesome. <laughs> and, and I feel so much more whole as an individual and so much more proud. And it, what it's really allowed me to realize similar to you is that I just have to feel value. I have to feel the value of what I'm doing. I have to feel like I'm making a difference. I have to feel like I'm a voice for others who can't be speak, who can't speak. And, and 2020, as much as it's been trash for a lot of people, and as much as people, you know, it's frustrating, San Diego's now in purple tier again, which means that we are on lockdown, but not really because things are still open. I don't know. <laughs> uh, it, it's just, it's been a very tumultuous year, but the, there's been so much beauty that's come from it, from so many of my guests mm -hmm. that I've talked to, you included. And I just, I think we're going to have a better world moving forward. Oh, I, I couldn't agree more, Bianca. I feel like, you know, for both of us, 2020 was kind of a blessing in disguise, right? It's, it's funny that you're mentioning that, you were interviewing for for another professional opportunity and it kind of like fell through because of covid because the exact same thing actually happened to me mm -hmm. um <laughs> you know i i'm based in in dublin ireland right now but as you know i i, I lived in the states for a couple mm -hmm. of years uh, to go to duke and i always wanted to return to the u.s like long term settle down mm -hmm. there and that's kind of my dream and you know my my long distance partner whom i also met uh while in college you now we're doing long distance uh, between ireland and the u.s which is obviously tough mm -hmm. and you know in 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 march i actually received a verbal offer for a promotion in a new role in um, linkedin's new york office so i was supposed to move to new york this past summer around june july time and then two weeks after i had received my verbal offer linkedin uh, went into a hiring pause where they couldn't proceed with my um my um process and issued the paperwork simultaneously all of the embassies had shut down so i yeah. couldn't have had like a uh a, a visa uh, interview either and then you know trump <laughs> at the end of <laughs> june i think yeah. um yeah announced that he was going to sign the executive order and banning all work visas um throughout the end of 2020 um so that was th that was terrible for me for you know 
three months or so, I was very much in limbo, was waiting for an update uh, from either LinkedIn or the US government pretty much on a Mm -hmm. daily basis. And then it didn't work out and I had to come up with an alternative, like a plan B, so to speak. And Mm -hmm. yeah, I recruited for another role um, based in Dublin, got the offer and it turned out to actually be kind of like a, even like, jumping ahead in my career because I was able yeah. to land a role that that's arguably more senior than the one I would have had in New York so again kind of like a blessing in disguise I'm still mourning a little bit right because my partner and I were already like trying to figure out okay what what neighborhood are we going to mm-hmm. move to mm-hmm. in Manhattan we had looked at apartments so obviously that 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 was such a bummer and really disappointing but again from a professional point of view um probably even like better outcome for me personally and also I don't know if I'd you know moved around June if I had even had the opportunity to to start FemHive and have also all of these amazing um conversations with my guests like 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 you did um that also added so much valuable perspective so again 2020 has been awful in in a lot of ways but also really really valuable in in many other ways yeah absolutely and um i will say let's look favorably towards okay it's not a, it's, it's a step in the right direction how our election panned out not to get overly <laughs> political i'm sorry i'm sorry that the orange cheeto baby put a pause but I'm glad that you can look at it favorably. I mean, I've never, I'm going to be honest, I've never been more proud to me of be a fucking American in my life. Like I, I was like, thank goodness. But, and I, and I went out in Hillcrest, which is the neighborhood of San Diego with my friend who works at the center. And it was just like, the streets were electric and everyone was like cheering and happy. Um, but I'm also not disillusioned to the fact that things are going to immediately change. And let's just hope that they, moving forward, there's no more travel bans. Yeah. you so that you can <laughs> come you. kick ass in the states um, <laughs> oh, thank you when i'm okay. hearing you talk i was kind of laughing in my head a little bit because um permanent change of of duty stations with the military is mm. just like what happened to you and you're like wait so like do we look at the neighborhoods what 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 mm-hmm. what point or what apartment what school <laughs> is little johnny gonna go to and then all of a sudden the navy's like yeah you're gonna go to virginia Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm um, kind of in that limbo right now because we're moving to Hawaii and I'm like, and so my, oh, wow. so I told my husband while he's pulling out their pier, they're pulling out from the pier yesterday. I go, I go, I don't have a countdown. Like, when are you coming home? What's going to happen? When are we going to Newport for school? And I, he's like, he's like, I'll have hard orders in like a month or so. And I'm like, I'm like, that's not enough. <laughs> like I need to know. So if you can handle the, the weird limbo, you would be an excellent military spouse (laughs) (laughs) thank you for that i i never considered that you know my my partner is 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 not in in the military but um you know um who knows i mean i think moving to hawaii there there could be worse things in the world i don't know (laughs) no it's it's not gonna be bad but everyone's telling me so so my listeners like kind of know that i about this at this point i probably talked about it quite a bit but but this is something that everyone brings up to me immediately. They go, you know that Hawaii has centipedes. And I'm like, mm. great. <laughs> and they're like, and flying cockroaches. Mm. Okay. And uh, uh, there's never like the day they're very terrified of snakes on the island. Like the entire island will shut down if there's a snake. Like, oh, wow. it, it, like it's just a, it's just a fun fact. Um, and I, I really love the Hano lifestyle. I love Hawaiian culture. I, I feel mm-hmm. like it's 
the people of Hawaii are beautiful people. They're good people. Everyone I've ever met from Hawaii is awesome. Um, and I'm excited that we get to go there next, um, in a lot of ways, but I'm also like in the back end, like, Oh, like, but like, what if the Navy's like, sorry, we're, you're going to go to Nebraska <laughs> like, or, 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 you know, you never know. So I'm, I'm hopeful, but cautiously optimistic. Yeah, well, let, yeah, let, let, let's, let's, let's remain optimistic, you know, again, 2020 <laughs> has been somewhat kind to us, so let's mm-hmm. just hope uh, you have some good karma there and you won't end up in Nebraska. <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> so I think we've really touched on the topic of imposter syndrome, the feeling of success, failures, all of that, it, and I think it's, um, we've definitely covered the bases there, but do you have any advice for my listeners um, um, in ways that you can kind of combat the feelings of imposter syndrome and being unsure of yourself? Hmm. I think, you know, first of all, like acknowledging that these feelings are real is the Mm -hmm. first step because sometimes people just fail to, to acknowledge these emotions and confront them. And you cannot really work past them if, if you don't confront them and work through them. I think it's, it's actually pretty similar to a breakup, right? Oftentimes I feel like, um, at least, you know, based on anecdotal experience, like a lot of men, they just like um, don't confront their their emotions when they go through like a breakup. Whereas most women that I know, they work through their emotions that results in them feeling really, really shitty in the beginning. But then in the long term, they do better. And I feel like it's, it's similar with imposter syndrome. You just like got to confront it uh, right away. And also like talk to other people. Um, I think especially, again, going back to the piece of having female role models and mentors and sponsors as well, like ask them how how they have felt before. I, I'm, I'm sure that there is so many female C-level executives at big companies, you know, LinkedIn is an example, mm-hmm. uh, where, where these people feel imposter syndrome on, on a daily basis you know and you would think that people at, at these companies you know they oftentimes went to really great schools have a stellar resume and they still feel like okay what have I done to truly to truly like earn this am I a good people leader like what what's going on there so uh, I feel like connecting to other people and talking about that very openly and vulnerably I think that is something that has really helped me personally but then also, you know, take a step back. Something that I love doing whenever I have doubt is literally start writing a list of things that I've accomplished in the past that I'm really proud of. And sometimes it takes like a couple of minutes to really get into it. But then once you're on a roll, you have like 10, 15, 20, 25, 35 things on, on that list. And then you go back and be like, oh wow like Tamina like you are badass you have accomplished a lot of stuff for your age and and that usually uh, lifts my my mood <laughs> oh yeah I I 100% agree um where like there's times where I look back and I'm like holy cow I did that like that mm-hmm. happened this happened the other thing happened and I tell people these stories and they're like I'm sorry you're you're one individual person all of these things have happened like yeah but I mean it's it's such a good advice to look back and 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 give yourself a pep talk and like write those things down and and give yourself reasons to be proud I think 
another thing 2020 has really taught me is that if you don't love yourself, how the hell is anyone going to love you? You gotta, you gotta really look at yourself favorably, um, in this time because, you know, we're only human. We can only do what we can do. Um, so yeah, uh, I, I think that's great advice. So I love this question, this next question. We're at the portion of my show where I get to just really understand how my guest brains work. Um, and I've, I've talked a lot about the Mandalorian. I'm going to stop talking about the Mandalorian. I'm going to go back to drag bingo. I'm literally fanatical with Charlie Hydes. Um, she's agreed to be a podcast guest. Um, probably by this point, she'll have already been an episode. So, um, but I'm excited. She's, she's on season nine of RuPaul's Drag Race and she does drag queen bingo every Sunday and tickets are $7 or $6 if you're a bingo bunch regular like I am. And every week is a theme. It has given me so much life in this pandemic, like so much life. Like <clears throat> I'm friends with Charlie on Facebook now. Like I know Charlie, like her partner, James, I follow their shenanigans and I've become friends with these bingo bunch people. We're sending each other Christmas cards. We're creating ornaments. Like it's, it's bizarre, but I'm obsessed with this drag bingo thing. And it's like, I would have never known about this except for the pandemic, because my friend Casey invited me to her birthday party. And then I just started going every Sunday. <laughs> That's amazing. This sounds like such a such a fun new hobby that uh, you found for yourself. <laughs> I feel like I've yet to find like a new like hobby hobby but um no that that sounds like a lot of fun. <laughs> yeah, it is. It is. It, it's, it, you know, it's just kind of it. it there's not much that can you can really feel normal with right now or or whatever this new normal is and so for me um this 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 reminds me of when I used to go to drag brunches and when I used to go you know out and when I lived in Denver or before Hillcrest kind of you know got different and and what like going out with my friends on the weekend it just kind of feels it feels nice so I, I don't know I, I I think it's it's I wouldn't say it's necessarily a hobby because I mean it's literally bingo so you're you're just marking numbers but but it's something that my friends my little quarantine pod they'll come over they'll bring their dogs we'll dress our dogs up I mean it's just kind of just silly and fun and 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 there's like I say to people there's not much you can really look forward to right now so you might as well have fun when you can um absolutely so yeah. And so I'm re I've read ahead. I've, saw I've seen what you're fanatical about. So what are you fanatical about? <laughs> oh my God. This, I, I don't know if this is like embarrassing or not, but um, ever since I was a little child um, and little child, I mean, like maybe like nine, 10 years old, I've been obsessed with Harry Potter. And, um, you know, back in my childhood bedroom, I have multiple Harry Potter shrines with memorabilia from the movies on display, you know, the different wands, Hermione's time turner, the Marauder's Map, the Triwizard Cup, Tom Riddle's diary, Harry's glasses, a Hogwarts Lego castle, Harry Potter stamps and just like various limited editions of uh, all sorts of things. Um, so yeah, that's kind of like my my geeky moment on this podcast, I guess. Um, you know, growing up, I had a bunch of Harry Potter birthday parties. Shout out to my dad who organized organized all of them. He did an amazing job. Um, we even went on Harry Potter vacation trips together. I remember when I was, I think it was like in 2008 or 9 when they announced that um universal was gonna um open wizarding world of of harry potter so my dad told me what like once they made the announcement and 
the same year it's going to open, we're going to go. So the same year it opened, I think it was 2010 then, um, we, we flew to, to Orlando and went to, to Universal and it was amazing. Um, yeah, so that was fantastic. Yeah, what else can I say about Harry Potter? Oh yeah, at age 10, I um, also published my own version of the Daily Prophet and I came up with various like quizzes um, that I would bring to school and I made my poor classmates take those quizzes and then um in class i would grade them and then be like what you don't know what professional hermione's parents are following shame on you um so yeah i i guess i'm i'm a geek after all (laughs) (laughs) no that's not bad at all i love it um i'm a slut for disney so i love Mm -hmm. love disney 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 all of it um Mm -hmm. to the point where like disneyland's not even open and i'm taking my friend for her birthday and I'm oh. like low key considering bringing a baby Yoda doll because I'm 30. Oh my God. Stop me. My, my yes. friend's like, please don't, please don't. I'm like, <laughs> I'm going to because you said I can't. Um, but I love that. That's really cool. I mean, it's good to be like, it's good to be a fan of something. And were mm-hmm. Hermione's parents like doctors or something? <laughs> pretty close they were dentists yes! so great okay. great I almost job said, i almost great said dentist job, i almost said di- i almost said dentist. for me harry potter was so hard for me to get through low-key did not know i had adhd until i was 30 years old as an adult oh, so well. i would read i couldn't pronounce like mcgonagall or azkaban or whatever mm-hmm. i would see a word and it was just like too much and so i got to book three and i was like Mm-mm. <laughs> and then the movies wow. came out and it took me forever to get all the way through the series of the movies oh really oh, <laughs> oh it breaks my heart I, I know I know I never I never caught the bug because it came out Harry Potter came out when I was 10 yeah, or yeah. nine or ten and I remember yeah. like my fifth grade teacher used to Mrs. Negi used to read it to us and then like there was like a cease and desist from parents because they were like this is witchcraft <laughs> yeah oh I remember <laughs> that I remember that and what the catholic church was right, trying to, right. to 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 ban it or something yeah yeah. yeah yeah I do have a very very serious question for you so what hmm. house would you be under Okay. Oh my God. This stresses me a little bit out because so for the vast majority of my life, I took all of the different quizzes, right? Like the, the, the Buzzfeed ones, but then also the real one on Pottermore where you actually follow like JK Rowling's like real method. Right. So, and I always ended up in Ravenclaw. So I was always a proud Ravenclaw student or aspiring Ravenclaw student, still waiting for that letter. Um, and then a few years later and this must have been i think like close to yeah i think my my first year out of college or something i took the quiz again on pottermore and put me into slytherin (laughs) (laughs) which you know to be fair like there's there's you know misconceptions not all you know people who end up in Slytherin are bad people, you know, like Horace Luckhorn, for example, is a great example, even like Severus Snape, right, who turned out to be a good boy, right, and it's, and then I I was reading through kind of the analysis part, because again, J.K. Rowling does a great job at writing down all of these analysis for 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 each of the houses, and I could actually resonate with, with a lot of this stuff, because people who are in Slytherin are just like really, really, really ambitious people who are not afraid mm-hmm. to go after their goals, so in that sense, it was... It was surprising to me, daunting. I didn't really want to tell people, but now I'm like, okay, well, I guess that's just how it is. And maybe if I take the quiz again, 
today or you know in in a few years uh, might go back to Ravenclaw or go to Gryffindor I have no idea but for now I think I'm Slytherin <laughs> I love that I always say that I'm a uh, Hufflepuff because it's the Jan Brady of houses yeah 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 every yep. time I've ever told a Harry Potter fan that they just laugh and then they're like oh is that really how you think of yourself I'm like no I just think it's funny so I always say it. it's <laughs> Well, look, Bianca, um, Hufflepuff is also um, J.K. Rowling's favorite house, so. Oh. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, I, I love that, and I actually heard that Harry Potter World is, they've expanded it, it's a lot cooler yes. now, there's a lot more to yes. do, and and, yes. um, and then my final question for you on this fandom is, is will Harry Potter be incorporated to part of your wedding if Ooh. you eventually get married? Oh my God, that's uh, that that's a very good question. I I I would like to to some capacity, but not. See, like, it's weird because I am a sucker for parties. I, I love entertaining, mm-hmm. you know, in a pre and post COVID world. Um, but I also really love like really like pretty things and like girly mm-hmm. stuff to some extent, right? So I feel like. Even when I think about my my wedding pictures, I would like it to be a little a little more traditional and girly, which um, I don't know makes me feel really conflicted sometimes as well. And then also, you know, my current partner, who you know, uh, knock on wood that that's gonna work out, but he's not a huge Harry Potter fan, unfortunately. So I don't know if I could even convince him. Um, but maybe there is a way to. Um, to incorporate it into my my bachelorette party because some of my closest girlfriends who obviously will become uh, my bridesmaids uh, they're also huge Harry Potter fans so maybe that would be a compromise. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I um I, I actually got to have my dream wedding. My husband did not fight me on it, um and I got married by an Elvis. <laughs> in Vegas really it's all I wanted it's the only thing oh Elvis drive through and you know it's it's common misconception that's a drive through because truly like we just sat in a dusty old car my husband was in his navy <laughs> whites Elvis was clearly on cocaine and it was just like in it and we were already married and his and his butts were his butt was unclipped out of his show pants and our our dream was fat Elvis like like mm. close to death like peanut butter sandwich Elvis <laughs> but we got cocaine 70s Elvis and so mm. but I mean still it was it, we, we laughed it was fun it was a really fun time and and um and yeah I I'm glad he was on board with it because I I made that decision I saw it on Travel Channel one time and I was like that's hilarious I'm doing it and <laughs> and that's just kind of how I am I'm like like I was Guy Fieri for Halloween and I sent my husband, I think you'll get a kick out of this, which is what I'm telling you. I sent yeah. my husband. So, so you're familiar with Guy Fieri because you've been in the States, right? The diners yeah, course, drive yeah. guy. Yeah, okay. yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. And so I, um, I dressed up as him again this year because my husband and I, when we first started dating, um, it was our first year together. He was a hot dog and I was Guy Fieri. And then <laughs> I was like, well, it's 2020. It's a pandemic. Like I'm not going anywhere, but I have this, like, I have drag bingo, which I'm going to dress up for. And then I think it'd be really funny to like take pictures in this costume. So I dress up as Guy Fieri. I take some photos with my ring light camera, um, with my phone. And then I email my husband and I go, these photos are not safe for work. Oh my God. <laughs> and, I, and so he kicks everyone out of Zaria. He's like, ah, I'm like my, oh no, my wife sent me something. And it's just me in a flame shirt with the wig holding the dog in a hot dog costume and the flavor town cooler that we have. And, and he's just like, ah, that was not, fu- like, that was not funny, but like also hilarious. 
um, because that's oh. the kind of person that I am. And that's my, that's my marriage in a nutshell. I just do things that's- that I think are funny. <laughs> That's amazing. You just got to embrace it. I was going to ask, did you bleach your hair or anything? But no, I wore a wig. I wore a wig. Wore I, wig. Yeah. yeah, I wore a wig. I have a big head and also like a lot of hair. Like my hairstylist <laughs> will thin it out, but it's still so much hair, which is a blessing, of course. Like I'm not yeah. mad about having thick hair. That's not the problem. It's just yeah. putting a wig cap on with a big head and a lot of hair. I looked like a Yu-Gi-Oh character. Oh my <laughs> but, God. But, uh, but yeah, so... So you got to keep the humor. Um, moving on to unpopular opinions. What is mm-hmm. one or a few unpopular opinions you have and why? I always use the example that cantaloupe is trash um, because I just don't like it. So. <laughs> that I, I actually can relate to that. I don't like cantaloupe either. Honey melon, no, that's just gross to me. I really love watermelon actually, but all other types of melons just not my cup of tea um but um maybe let's stay on the food theme there um i actually cannot stand cilantro either because i have that weird gene that Mm. makes cilantro taste like soap to me and it's just really really gross and it's it's a bit unfortunate because my my partner he is a mexican-american right and as you probably know the mexican cuisine has a lot of cilantro in it so (laughs) whenever we're in cilantro i always have to ask for uh, my tacos without cilantro and the waiter just looks at me is like oh my god like that white girl doesn't know what she's doing <laughs> well you know what it's very common so my uh my sister had a boyfriend that was uh asian american and he in, in in all cuisines cilantro especially in vietnamese cuisine and and uh, i want to say maybe it's just maybe it's just vietnamese cuisine where i see it the most with like pho um, mm-hmm. you know, he just couldn't, couldn't have cilantro and cilantro is also in a lot of like Chinese dim sum and, and yeah. things like that. So, yeah. so he, there was just a lot of things that he just like couldn't eat in the soap. And then sometimes I eat cilantro and I've said this before on my podcast, cause this is actually a pretty common thing. I've said this before. Sometimes I'll eat cilantro and it tastes like soap and I'm, and other times it doesn't. So I've read that your taste buds change every seven to 10 years or something and and your gut biome and stuff like that, it changes. And so sometimes we can become allergic to things later in life. Sometimes things Mm -hmm. taste different to us later in life. Um, Mm. So I, I, it's possible that that's starting to happen where I just think it tastes like soap and it's disgusting, but in general, I don't buy it a whole lot because I feel like anytime I buy it, it goes bad in my fridge. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, it's, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I I hope that's true. And maybe at some point in the future, I start liking cilantro, because that would make my life uh, a whole lot easier. But yeah, I also feel like now that you're mentioning it, Bianca, I'm pretty sure at this point, I'm at least like partially lactose intolerant, because as a kid, I would devour bowls of cereal you know rice krispies and cornflakes like that was kind of like my 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 main my main go-to as a child and now when I'm consuming cow milk my tummy is not so happy so um I guess you're 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 right there (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah I definitely um have things like I used to be able to eat sriracha like sriracha Mm. and sambal that you can cook with um chili paste Mm. all of that and spice and all of that. And then I got my appendix out and that all of a sudden I had to like relearn spice again, because like, even though they say that they don't know what your appendix does, I, I do believe because it's in your intestine area that it does help with some kind of filtration. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I'm not an expert. I didn't go to med school. Sorry. <laughs> but, um, I definitely had to like relearn what foods I was ultimately now intolerant to. Um, mm-hmm. 
So, so I definitely think that like, I agree with you. Yeah. Your body over time, I think it just becomes adverse or, um, or dislike certain things. Yeah. I mean, uh, right now I, you know, I'm again, I'm 26 and I feel like an old lady, like all this, like <laughs> working from home and like working from the couch in a weird, like weird posture. It's, 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 it's not good. So, um, yeah, I, I got to treat my, my body with uh, some love, especially during this working from home time. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So what is currently making you happy in the world? Ah, that's such a beautiful question, Bianca. Let me think. Um, I mean, maybe staying on, you know, my, my, my podcast theme, I think I'm generally just very inspired by womanhood, you know, pretty much on a daily basis. I mean, we just had an amazing conversation we've never met in in person right only through the internet and i'm just genuinely enjoying this conversation with you bianca <laughs> so uh meeting new women is just awesome um but you know to on, on a more serious note um obviously we still have a very long way to go until we achieve true gender equality but mm -hmm. It's just so wonderful to see the women around me, no matter their age and interests and backgrounds, um, to see these pe these people achieve amazing things and for these women to leave a positive mark on the world in whatever ca capacity that might be. And when I'm also looking at my boyfriend's younger sister, um, shout out to Paulina. <laughs> she is about to turn 18 and uh, therefore representing Gen Z. And that makes me really hopeful because she has just such a high level of maturity and self-awareness that I'm sometimes just in awe like when i think back uh, about my my former 17 year old self i was definitely not near point where she is mm -hmm. so i really cannot wait for all the women of her generation to take over so that's something that makes me happy and hopeful yeah i love that i love that a lot um i, I have a, quite a few friends that have some teens and uh and i am very hopeful like you said, because I think that a lot of these kids are so much more empathetic, compassionate, mm -hmm. um, you know, using pronouns and, and, and mm -hmm. being inclusive. I mean, mm -hmm. um, because when I grew up, it was very much political correctness and, and, um, everyone's special. And, um, uh, what was the, what was what they taught during the Bush era? Oh gosh. Um, abstinence and <laughs> so, and, and, and shame and shame and, and, and mental health, blah, blah, blah. And, and so that actually le led to a lot of people in my generation being a millennial, um, having children, but then teaching them very, very um, inclusive things. And so we're going to have a really, really beautiful moving forward future generational population because of kind of, I don't know, the fucked up way the millennials grew up, so to speak, <laughs> but, but just that, that they're seeing what's going on in the world and they're, then they're pointing a finger and saying, that's not right. And I think that that's great. Yeah. I totally agree with your analysis there uh, Bianca it's it's beautiful I I love how all of these new conversations around diversity inclusion and belonging have recently emerged um I obviously started seeing that trend um you know start start in the U.S. predominantly um pretty much I think 
you know, when I was still in college, because I do think that these conversations oftentimes emerge on college campuses, right? Um, but now I'm also starting to see people engage in more and more of these conversations in Europe, like both in Ireland, where I'm currently living, but also in Germany, where I'm from. Um, so it's just beautiful that people are also um, educating themselves more proactively on these issues um, and that everyone's starting to be a little more compassionate to one another. Um, I do think there's still like a big like division as um, you know, this, this past uh, presidential election outcome in the US uh, ha has shown mm -hmm. us there's still a long way to go, mm -hmm. um, not only in regards to, you know, gender equality advocacy, but um, especially also, you know, racism and, and um, homophobia and transphobia and xenophobia. So still a long way to go, but I think Gen Z has pretty much figured it out. And I, again, I cannot wait for them to, to take over and, and teach all of us um, what true compassion and um, being progressive means. Absolutely. And as similar to you, I've definitely enjoyed this conversation, but we're getting ready to wrap up. I always love to give my guests the floor to promote whatever they would like. Um, so I'm going to give you that floor right now on the space. Oh, thank you so much. Yeah. Um, I would really love for you all if you enjoyed, you know, this conversation today and could relate to some of the things that uh, I brought up during this conversation. Um, would love for you to check out my podcast called Fem Hive. F-E-M-M-E-H-I-V-E, -E -E, um, Adulting 101 for Baddest Women. Um, it's available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, you know, all the major podcast distributors. Uh, we're launching a new episode every Wednesday, as in, you know, Women's Crush Wednesday. And uh, we've already received so much positive feedback. So we'd love, love for you to check it out. Also follow um, us on Instagram. And you're more than welcome to also connect with me on LinkedIn. Uh, again, my name is Tamina Stoll. And um, yeah, thank you so much. I yeah. would love to hear from you. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And again, it is a great podcast. It's a great concept. It's awesome, especially if you're listening to this one. It lends very well into getting your life figured out and giving people a roadmap when there wasn't already one. And I'm not just saying that. I really do think you're onto something beautiful. So um, again, it's Fem Hive. As always, I will put all of that information in the description of this podcast. And uh, I will, you know, link to the so you can, um, you know, get to know her and reach out to her if you'd like to be a guest. I'm sure she'd be open to that. So just, you know, get in touch with her and give it a listen. And uh, Tamina, thank you so much. I'm so happy we were able to finally do this. Um, and I love the conversation. I even like while I was talking, like sent you a friend request. I was like, boop, <laughs> we're going to be friends. Yes. Let's see each other grow. Yeah. Um, yes. And I hope that you have a wonderful rest of your week. And I look forward to connecting in the future. Thank you so much, Bianca. Likewise, I really loved our conversation today. Thank you so much for having me. And yeah, can cannot wait to to see your continued growth through your podcasting journey. And yes, um, I'm I'm gonna uh, accept your uh, LinkedIn connection <laughs> request as we speak. <laughs> awesome, awesome. Well, thank you so much. Enjoy the rest of your week, and we will speak soon. Yeah, speak soon. <laughs> Bye, right, Bianca. Bye. Hey 
Hey listeners, I wanted to share a special promotion for you from Dash of Pep. Dash of Pep is a clothing boutique that offers non-binary clothing that has fun prints that support mental health and empowering you to be your best self. In this pandemic, it is great to shop small and support small businesses like Dash of Pep. More than 50% of my wardrobe is from her adorable store. Robin at Dash of Pep has graciously given me a promo code for you to use at checkout. Use P-D-K-M-O to receive 15% off your order. Again, that is www.dash of pep.com and you can enter p-d-k-m-o at checkout to receive 15% off your order. This has been Please Don't Kick Me Out, a podcast about imposter syndrome. If you like what you hear, please subscribe, like, comment, share, tell a friend. You know, that's how I'm going to keep these stories going. Also, if you want to be a podcast guest, you can reach out to me at pdkmopodcast at gmail.com and we can get it set up. Thanks everyone for your continued support. And I look forward to, you know, connecting with you again next Monday.